2: Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the TFL Official Podcast. It's been a year now, and over that year, hundreds of thousands of you have tuned in to listen and to find out about your favorite cars and trucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. If you're one of our Patreons, double thank you. And if you want to listen to it as an audio podcast, feel free to tune in to wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, you know the rest. Hey, Nathan, can you believe we've been reviewing cars for 10 years now? Actually, longer than that, but 10 years is like a nice chunk of change, right? It is, yeah. And in this video and podcast, we're going to be talking about the top 10 best and worst cars that we have reviewed since 2001. And actually, to be fair, this is your list. So maybe in a future podcast slash video, we'll do my list, but this is your list. Yeah, well, your list will look a lot different than mine. Now, bear in mind, guys,
3: we could have done a list saying every year the great car was a Corvette or a Porsche and every year, you know, whatever. So what we decided to do uh, is sort of mix it up and talk about other cars, cars that are relevant or interesting or different.
2: And let's face it, cars that we actually got to drive. We didn't get to drive that many Porsches.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, but uh, it is on this list, I believe. Uh, Yeah. So we're going to that's interesting. I actually didn't put it on the list. Yeah, yet. there you go. Uh, never mind. But um, the, we did try a 9-11 that I did follow. Yeah, up and up that,
2: that was one of our worst reviews. If, if we had worst reviews, remember we uh, put it up against... Uh, a Nissan a Nissan N-V. We We were were still experimenting at the time. Yeah, we were trying to figure it out. (laughs) I think that's why we never got Porsches after that. No, that's not the reason why, but I know that both Nissan and Porsche were like, eh? Why are you comparing a 911 to a Nissan N-V? Yeah, we we, we did some
3: interesting... For about uh, three, four years when we first started uh, with uh, TFL, we did get Porsches. And then they pulled it not just from us, but from the entire uh, area. Denver, and, yeah. Yeah, so that's why we don't do them as often as we'd like.
2: All right, but before we get to that list, let's talk about some more fun stuff. Uh, we've got the news coming up. We'll go over that. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got the places we're going to review cars next week because it's a busy week, a lot going on. But first, you just got back from New Orleans. I How did, was that? I, Are you I, traveling
3: again? Yeah, I'm traveling again. I got, I, I,
2: look, I got my shots,
3: So did my wife, yeah. and so did our friends, so we all went to New Orleans. I, and I've been to New Orleans before. If you recall, actually, the last time I was there, was with you. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as fun because Roman's not a great date, um, but it was for um, uh, Lexus, the... Um, uh,
2: Nathan, just because I would not lift my top for your beads.
3: Uh, dude, no beads at all, seriously. <laughs> but uh, when we went there, I didn't go to Bourbon Street. I didn't really see the site. So this time I did. It was great. Um, nobody seemed to care about <laughs> the coronavirus at all, especially on Bourbon Street. Um, and I probably have two or three communicable diseases just by walking past certain people. Um but it was a really fun trip. I feel energized. I've, this is my first vacation in like two years. So I feel great. Um, and I want to go back. I love And, you, and you said you love, ate some alligator? I, I ate alligator, like a blackened alligator, fried alligator. Uh, there was a skewered <laughs> one. And the funny part was the day after I ate all this different alligator. we Did went you have up, like
2: alligator nuggets?
3: Yeah, I did actually. It's, they were fried. And we went on a, a swamp boat tour, which was great by the way. And <laughs> there's all these little baby alligators running around and... I'm thinking, yeah, I kind of feel a little guilty. My wife
2: was none too pleased with me because she didn't want me eating an alligator. So let's go over the news of the week uh, in case you missed it. Uh, First, you wrote a story. Stellantis to slow-selling brands improve in the next 10 years or face the guillotine. That's
3: right. So Stellantis, as you guys know, sort of took in and took over. Uh, FCA so all those brands but the thing is is that FCA has had a few losing brands and one of the main brands that they've had an issue with it was Alfa Romeo they sell those here overseas there's also DS and um, Lancia those because we don't get them I didn't mention that much in the article but anyway they're giving them 10 years 10 years
2: I bet you it's less I bet you, uh, well, it, I it, bet you that's, that was a shot across they, the bow.
3: Well, yeah, but they're still going to finance them. They're going to fund them still. They're going to allow their future development. They want to electrify it. Well, Alfa they're not going to say
2: we're, we're, we're killing these brands because that would just kill the... Well... Uh, they would like prematurely stick the... Uh, they've
3: already chopped up um, SRT like the minute they walked in there. And they definitely have their eyes set on certain other brands. But specifically Alfa Romeo. You've got 10 years Alfa Romeo to improve your sales... Or you go away, and you know what? Honestly, I hope they do because I really, really like Alfa Romeo. I mean, I know they're not reliable, but the right. cars are
2: gorgeous and so much fun. Here's to drive. a new story near and dear to all of our hearts. Hit Mitsubishi it. says they're bringing back the rally art. Oh god, yeah. Wouldn't so wouldn't that be cool? For a long time, they actually made rally cars. It's
3: fun. It's funny you mentioned that because Moto Man makes fun of me weekly about uh, Mitsubishi. Um, don't. Uh, don't don't get too happy, guys. So you're not going to see a Rally Art version of the Outlander anytime soon. What they did was overseas they have a pickup truck, and they're making a Rally Art version of it, which means they're probably going to jazz it up with some cool amenities, maybe a performance upgrade, but I doubt it. And that's about it. They're just bringing the name back, and that's overseas.
2: Just, that's just not for here. What happened? You know, once upon a time, Nathan, you know, you used to have, like, Let's, let's take BMW, because they were one of the first, right? Yeah. So you had BMW, right? Mm-hmm. And then they created the M brand, which was their motorsport brand. Yeah. Yeah, and, the and and M1 when, and, uh, all and all that. And when they stuck an M on a car, right, it was serious. You saw it coming down the road, and you are like, damn, that is a serious car. Even today, M cars real M1s, right. not, not the and, M and, styling And thing. then somewhere in the last 10 years, Mitsubishi. Not just Mitsubishi, but all the manufacturers decided, forget all the performance bits. Let's just stick all the cosmetic stuff on there. You know, it's like they put the cart before the horse. So now you've got, you know, Audi with S, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got, you know, M styling cues. You've got the N from Hyundai. AMG kit. Kit. That's not the real AMG. Yeah, come on. You know, I mean, look, true performance and true sales, more importantly, come from actually having the kit on the car. That makes it go fast around a corner and stop quickly and accelerate quickly. Don't just slap the you know the arrow and the, the 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 badging and you know everything but the stuff that actually makes it go fast and expect people or at least at least enthusiasts like us to have respect for that thing. I mean, uh-huh. I mean come on, Mitsubishi, build a rally car and then build the brand around that. Yeah. Don't, don't create you know an old rally art logo and slap it on your Outlander and call it sporty. They're not going to even put it on there. It's on a pickup truck overseas.
3: Here's the one thing that uh, you forgot to mention. See, the reason why this is such a popular thing is because they make a ton of money, especially the Germans. When they add yeah. all this extra stuff to a car, a I lot of it, people like little, aren't into being it's enthusiasts. It's like a, you know,
2: death by a million cuts. Just I know, cut, I know. Cut, it's cut. I, it, You and
3: I both agree that it's ridiculous when we see a car that, I, oh my God, that's a great M3. Oh, it's not an M3. You know, stuff like that. Uh, it, it really is kind of difficult to see and to digest, but... There's a lot and of posers out there They love
2: it. And they create a lot of brand confusion. I think Mercedes is doing that with the 53 and the 63, Oh, right? God, yeah. Right? I mean, now now we're talking about actually more powerful engines, but there's two variants of it, mm-hmm. right? There's the 53, 53, and then the 63, and it, it's so confusing, just yeah. so confusing to most people out there. All right, so that, that's my soapbox. So I'll get off of it. Now, Porsche is saying that the next uh, Macan, or is it Macan? I never know, uh, is officially moving forward, except it's going to be a EV.
3: Yeah, in fact, uh, there's... It's a big step. It's a big step. Uh, Porsche said they were going to electrify and also do more hybrids. So we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. But this particular Macan has actually been seen on the road, driving around. Uh, I think it went to the Nürburgring recently, or it will. Um, that was the report that I heard. So they, they're really serious about making this thing, you know, electric and going all EV. The funny thing is Porsche has also been experimenting with biofuels, and there's right, yeah. yeah yeah but so
2: it's interesting that they're working on both sides of the uh, of the pole. But remember that Porsche is connected. That's, that's, that's to the Volkswagen. promise that you know that's once again there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? No, we're no, going no, to create a fuel that doesn't pollute or doesn't use carbon or is car yeah right. I, I'll believe it, you know when. You and I are long dead, and actually that technology exists when you can turn, like, energy into fuel without paying a cost. Without without
3: any major—there's there's always, you know, there's one effect that has to be created the, the, by The big news push. about the
2: McCann or McCann yeah. is that it's uh, going to have more range than the Taycan. Yeah. Right? they're saying it's going to have more electric range. So we're looking probably because about— Because it's not a
3: performance vehicle like the Taycan,
2: and I believe. we're looking at about 300 miles— uh, and, you know, keep in mind that the European loop is much more, um, um, I don't know, what would you say? Simple. I don't know if it's simple. It's it just, simple. It, it rewards a lot more. And so the European loop is always much higher, the EV loop, than the American loop. So our, I think our, our loop is much more realistic, and I think Europe is changing. So there is an electric one coming. And let's talk about the programs that we're going on because yes. these, are, these, are, um, these are stories that we'll be filing this week. So where are you going? I'm going to go
3: to California and drive the Volkswagen Taos. The new Taos. Yes, name after Taos, New Mexico. Now, I can't tell you much about it. There is an embargo that lifts on the 26th, so it's going to be a little while before you guys actually can hear about all the technical features. But this is our first chance to get our hands on this little tiny crossover. And I can say this. It is... Unique for Volkswagen, and it is related to the Taro. I believe is what it's called in, in China. China. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it's the one that slots underneath the Tiguan. That's right. This will be their entry level crossover. So it's Taos, Tiguan. Uh, what's the top of the line one? Atlas. Atlas. Is, Atlas yeah. yeah. So now and, they're going to have three crossovers.
3: And technically four, because the Atlas crossover cross, with, with the hatchback. Yeah, with the, uh, which uh, seats. back. Yeah, yeah. But but the whole thing here is that. Uh, Volkswagen's been selling more crossovers by far than sedans or anything else. And in a way, this car kind of takes the place of the Volkswagen Golf that's going bye-bye in the United States, which is sad.
2: We've got some news here that I'm actually following up on. So the news is that the new Pathfinder has gone into production. And I'm actually going with Tommy to Missoula. Montana to drive it. So we'll have a first drive or at least a first hands-on impression of that thing. I'm coming excited up.
3: about that because they're finally moving to a conventional transmission with that vehicle. It's been like five or six years since they went CVT. Now they're going to a nine-speed automatic. I'm very happy about that.
2: And then at the end of the week, like you, I'm flying to L.A. for one day to go uh, see the Ionic, the new Ionic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to be driving it, but I'll, you know, see it behind. It's already been unveiled in Europe, so a little of the limelight has come off because it's not a world premiere. Right. Uh, But it will be our first chance to actually get our hands on it here in America.
3: That's great. Now, these new press events that we're going to are a little different than the old ones. Because what they're doing is they're basically just dropping us in the car, which personally I prefer. I think you do as well. And they're trying to still socially distance us as much as possible. So they drag us in. They drop us into the car, have us drive a route. We get a chance to shoot a little bit of video or do photos. And then we're done. We hit the plane and come back home. All of the in-person stuff has been sort of eliminated. And it's done online now, which, honestly, I kind of prefer.
2: Yeah, yeah. It makes life a little bit easier. We spend less time. Basically socializing, but that's okay. And more time, actually. I, I'm over. not a
3: social person anyway.
2: And the best part is
3: Roman's going to be out of town pretty much the whole week. So we're hiring dancers and there will be kegs.
2: Okay. Sorry. But,
3: you know, I've been asking for a fire pole for 11 years. And I'm finally going to install one when he's gone. I, uh, I wish.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then the other uh, bit of news that's coming out is Paul went on the uh, TLX uh, Type S Uh, Drive, which was at uh, Laguna Seca. Paul, of course, is our race car driver, and and he did a video basically with the Driving Impressions Embargo. On the 20th, it's going to drop. So, he's, we're going to have an actual review of the thing. So, if you're a big Acura TLX Type S uh, fan, Paul's review of that is coming up. And he's, you know, he's a stick from Top Gear USA. So, when he takes it around Laguna Seca, we're going to learn something. He, I just saw him today. He was complaining that they didn't let him go fast. <laughs> I figured that. He, yeah. He's used to like like race car drivers, like where they give him the keys and just go at it. I think it was a lead follow thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, lead follow with Paul? Yeah. Oh, God, he must have been chewing on the steering wheel. I know. Uh, he must have been trying to I, like, oh, <laughs> my God.
3: Uh, Paul is one of the most good. Not only he, He's a remarkably gifted race car driver. He's been taking on Pike's Peak for years and years, and uh, he has almost perfect hair. So like Roman, I don't know where they go for the two days.
2: Do you like the uh, Grand Tour? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's actually doing some of the stunt driving for that as well. He did, like, the very first episode. He, he did. Like, we can't go into it yet because yeah. he's still, you know, Top Gear has a contract, so we can't really go into it. But, but he was in that as well. So Yeah, yeah. But we can't say anything else about Paul so being Except he did some of the stunt driver. driving yeah. in Detroit. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's it. That's if all i If you we can remember say. what happened in Detroit, uh, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty badass, actually. All right, uh, let's go at it, dude. Uh, let's start with... Uh, 2011, uh, and we'll talk about the best cars uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about the worst car that we reviewed, uh, at least your list. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, the reason we're doing this is because obviously used car prices are through the roof right now, but if you're looking for really good used cars, uh, and maybe if you go far enough back, you can actually get them at a reasonable price. Right. Or certain cars you might want to consider avoiding, which is why we
3: have a good and bad list. Um, Now, bear in mind, uh, just once again to remind you guys, we're doing the best and the worst that we've driven in those years, and in some cases, it has to do with the video itself, and that's if you are watching our video right now, behind me, you're going to see the 2011 uh, Subaru uh, Forester XT, it's a turbo, and the Toyota RAV4 with the V6, which we believe is one of the best RAV4s ever made. That thing was a rocket. Both of these vehicles were fantastic, and that's going to
2: start our list. Yeah, uh, you know, let's talk about the RAV4. Like you said, it was a rocket. But it was also, um, you know, that generation of RAV4, and my stepfather has one, uh-huh. was just really solid, right? That oh, was, God, was, yeah. When Toyota was less concerned about, uh, I mean, the RAV4 now is, you It's know, pretty good still. It's good. It's very good. But it's it's also kind of flashy and expensive. And, you know, it's, it's really moved up in market. This yeah. was just a solid, you know. Mid-sized crossover, uh, and for some reason, I, I don't know why, Toyota stuffed a massively powerful V6 in it and made it. We were at the racetrack. Remember we were at the racetrack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them the story. So we went to our local racetrack. This is the. It's, a, it's like an eighth of an. Oval. It's an oval. It's like an eighth, right? Of yeah, mile. it's a really tiny oval. It's, an, it's a tiny oval, oh, and they do this thing where you go and race. Uh, uh, other cars around the oval, yeah. uh, and, you know, the fastest car ends up winning, I don't know, a stuffed giant panda. I don't know what they win. They win something.
3: They have to go do one lap, for yeah. so dead stop, one lap, and then stop. And they have to stop at the line, I believe, when they do the lap.
2: And and this RAV4 just ruled every car. There were BMW, I remember it just killed an Audi A4, yep. cars you would think would be much quicker yeah, and it that was, was top liter- too, by the way. Yeah, that was that two liter turbo. We're at a mile above you know sea level. You think of that two liter turbo A4 would kill it? No, it nope. just killed everything. That V6 is just a beast. But
3: that Subaru we drove, this is pre CVT. 2011 had a turbo engine in it, so they were sort of on equal footing. XT, yeah, uh, XT. XT, yeah. Yeah, all the XTs. uh, I think even now it had that hood scoop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking
2: at it right now, it's it's a good looking. It's it's a better looking. Horse than the current one. Oh, by far. The current one has become uh, a commodity, right? So Subaru back then was still like taking their rally tradition seriously, and they were actually building on it and trying to engineer cars that were not just, you know. Uh, popular, but were also kind of enthusiast-based. I think in a lot of ways, Subaru has kind of gone away from that. They still have the WRX, and they still have the STI, but the rest of it has kind of gone more toward popularity and less Like like a Camry, basically. Yeah, like a Camry, which which just makes sense, because that's where... Cookie cutter, and, you know, we we understand the return on investment
3: and what needs to be done, but I really did like this Forester. So both of these vehicles, Roman and I really liked, and what we did with them, these vehicles went off-road. Uh, at a place that we used to use for our off-road testing. And that video is actually it's pretty popular, like $1.4 or something like that. Uh, so that's out there. And so we loved both those vehicles. But I want to move to a vehicle that
2: both oh, of us... I thought you were going to say, if you want to see Roman with a mustache. Yeah, yeah, those were those <laughs> the days. There's, it's
3: interesting stuff because we can actually trace facial hair with both Roman and Andre, going all the way back to uh, 2010. Actually, earlier, he had a Mike Dicta mustache going on. That was pretty impressive stuff. So, People said I looked like Mike. Dixon, you did indeed, which was not a compliment. Well, the best part is, you know, you basically grew up in Chicago, so I think it's a compliment.
2: The Bears, the, the Bears. Um, All right. So, so what's, what's the you, worst car that we drove? The do you think we drove?
3: Volkswagen Routon. Yeah, what the oh heck was that? God.
2: A rebadged uh, Chrysler Town was, and Country minivan.
3: It, it it was more expensive in most markets to buy this thing and there was no real difference. It just had Which price.
2: was which was crazy cuz like Volkswagen is the quintessential van. Right? They, 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 they came
3: here with the van. They started the minivan, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they had you know the Eurovan and a bunch of these other
2: vans were great. And all of a sudden, they're using this. The Westphalian, you know, the camper. Right, program. right. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? Uh, let's not uh, sell any of that in America. Instead, let's take a town and country, stick a Volkswagen nose on it, and call and it, give done.
3: it a, And call it a
2: just a name that
3: a lot of people are like, oh,
2: Roton Roton. You know,
3: they had a hard time. I had Rotund? a hard time. The, ro- Yeah, ro- it was just not complimentary. And, and,
2: and even like the badge engineering was just really really badly done you know it, w- it wasn't like they actually you know tuned it to make it like Autobahn ready or gave no, it a no, powertrain. Like that they just stuck a different nose on it yep and a different that, badge on a the slightly different tail and called it done
3: yeah it was it was in I was kind of embarrassed for them and I had a really hard time doing any review on that vehicle um let's move to 2012. all right the good car oh this was quite the gem the uh, audi r8 not the
2: the current generation the first
3: gen the first gen and we had one with a manual transmission we had two
2: of them we had the 10 cylinder and the eight right and i actually kind of prefer
3: the eight but that's a whole different video um, it was a manual transmission, and I think you bo- you and I both agree, maybe the best manual ever made. Yeah, it had uh, you know that, that G- gated,
2: that gated, and it was like you know there's that cliche, right? It's like a rifle bolt uh, action, bolt action, and that's what it was. A click, click, click. It was just fabulous, uh, rewarding to shift. Yeah, and it was really cool because uh, you know now I think in some ways like the buzz has come off the uh, R8 because it's been around a while. Yeah, but back then this idea of like a supercar that was all wheel drive that had the reliability and the dealer network of Audi was mind-blowing right because it beca- was comfortable too because before I mean your choices were Lamborghini right right uh, which is it's basically a rebadged line yeah they were there well they shared a lot of components underpin I mean yeah. that 10 that cylinder was a Lamborghini engine basically yeah um, but but you know Lamborghini doesn't have dealerships everywhere nope. they don't they don't have uh the reputation of Audi, uh, and it was a phenomenal vehicle. Okay. Uh, and then they had that like weird and I think kind of cool uh, blade right that went down the side from, from the C pillar. It was just
3: I thought it was just gorgeous. It's still my favorite Audi um, by far. And the thing is, is that we could add this whole list could easily be nothing but sports cars in terms of what we love, and there are quite a few of them here. But the reason we mentioned the R8 is because it really was our first time to get our hands on it. And it mesmerized us. And we've before then we've driven Porsches, which were great and everything. But that R eight was special.
2: Yeah, and you know they're becoming affordable now, right? A little bit more, yeah. Yeah. So th- th- that was I want to say it was like a hundred, and it was also like one hundred and fifty thousand dollar count now. R eights are like almost two hundred, but back then they were like one hundred and fifty, and now you could get those things probably for like in the seventies, maybe even sixties. Right, and and the the V eight version was actually um, quite
3: quite the vehicle. It was very. Um, You lost your picture I know, and I I, I hope this is... Let's see if this works. It doesn't matter. It's fine. They saw it. There there you go. You're back.
2: It was comfortable. It was a little tight. I thought it was really comfortable. The seats are great. And now the thing about that car is, like... Like, it is, you know, it was cutting-edge tech back then in terms of styling, and now you look at it, it feels a little dated. The screen feels a little small. Okay, this The screen. controls feel a little, like, you know, like, like last decade, but which they are. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's a supercar bargain. You know, it's all aluminum, so it's hopefully going to hold oh, up better. Yeah, yeah,
3: and it has a lot of carbon fiber added it. And the car itself was just a, a marvel of engine. Back when Audi was doing some really special stuff. So that's, for me, that was just an absolutely... Amazing car, but let's move on to another vehicle. Yeah, the,
2: the worst car that we
3: drove, that, according that to you. Remember, this is now 2012. Yeah,
2: who, what could go wrong? Toyota partners with Tesla. Puts the oh, Tesla, no, no, you're looking. You're, no, look. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we've actually got two Jeeps coming up. So the worst and the best, all right? Yep. So you, we've kind of bookended them. Uh, the worst, of course, was, uh, yeah, yeah, the Jeep Liberty, dude. I yeah. don't know. I think that was just, you know, let's throw a Jeep out there, make it affordable, uh, uh i guess the diesel there's a diesel version of that right yes yes there was a crd version that of was it. kind of interesting but you know and it was style wise it was kind of interesting i remember we went for my um for my mother we actually cross shopped it with the RAV four and ended up getting the RAV four for I'm, I'm really
3: happy you did because you got a better vehicle than the jeep liberty for those of you who may have forgotten in 2012 that was after it had a facelift uh, and i hated that facelift it looked like a dodge nitro which is another vehicle that i despise but it's not on this list the Jeep Liberty had uh, front engine rear drive, standard Jeep setup. This is before they started really hitting hard with their crossover-based, car-based uh, vehicles, which are now all over the place. The Jeep Liberty was supposed to be the everyman Jeep, and unfortunately, it wasn't that easy to modify, which people love to do to Jeeps. And it was okay off-road, but it really wasn't any better than anything else out there, and it certainly wasn't as good as its brethren.
2: I kind of felt like that was just like, hey, let's, uh, you know, Jeep is becoming a hot brand. People love the Wrangler, so let's take some of that spotlight that's on the Wrangler and turn it into cash.
3: Oh, there's a real story behind it, actually, and uh, as that's out there on the internet, among other things, and that is the fact that when the uh, Cherokee went away, uh, this was supposed to be the replacement. And it really wasn't um and a lot of people regretted building it and uh people were popping corks of champagne when it went away because it was just even though it sold very well it, at first it sold extremely well it just wasn't
2: well there were there were other issues with it it was tight yeah. right there was just no room i remember sitting yeah. in the back seat thinking to myself oh my god this thing is just you would like, think there would be room boom, in this there thing wasn't. that's so tall and yeah. and you know
3: uh, but no, actually, the crossovers that came out later on had more. And then you open up, you'd open
2: up the space behind the rear seat, and you'd be lucky to get like a box of Kleenex back yeah, there. It, it just the whole thing was the, just unusually the ergonomics designed. and the packaging. And let's face it, the switchgear was not the most expensive. No. I'm being kind here. Daimler
3: and Daimler was in business at that time, but this this was a Daimler design, yeah. and they they were
2: like, yeah, yeah, just make it cheap. And, and, and it was know. okay off road. I mean, it was okay. okay yeah, it but was. it was,
3: but there was so many other vehicles that could outperform it. But I want to move on and to the. Tra- the Knet
2: Performant is the next one, right? Yes. In 2013. 2013. The, now, this, the,
3: these were special models because they
2: finally got rid of the boat anchor V6, and they put and, the Pentastar. And so we're talking about the new. Well, it wasn't new. It was the JK at yeah. that time. So what, what Jeep did was they first upgraded. I think it was a 3.8. Wasn't that? Wasn't that the original one or 3.6? Yeah, 3.6 or 3.8, whatever it was. I think it was a 3.8, and then they actually went to the Pentastar, which was. in, Let's be fair. It's in every product, but it's a good engine. I think it's going to be one of the best it, engines. Yeah,
3: it's got won a lot of awards for good reasons. They're actually pretty damn reliable. I've looked. That up and um, plus I have some know somebody who has a 2014 Wrangler. So f-
2: they first they upgraded the engine and then a few years later they did the interior. Right, right before they went to the JL. So now we're talking about the JK model uh, and yeah, it was uh, it made it brought it into the 20th century. It I woke think. it up. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the best
3: way to put it. Uh, just the year before, I had to drive one of those with the old engine t- from here to. Uh, you know, Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. And it's
2: funny. People love that old engine. I couldn't stand I it. I couldn't stand it. I, I, you look
3: I, at it, it looks like something from 1960, well, which it, it is probably. Well, no, it's <laughs> a minivan engine. The, the, pre, the previous right, V6 right. was was a minivan engine, basically, and it really was. And on top of that, it just wasn't very efficient, and it just didn't have a lot of torque, and it just was loud. Everything about it was made better by… Which is by, weird,
2: because for a long time, they had that straight six four liter, and that's not the one we're talking about. No, the no, no. Engine. We're talking about the V6 yeah, that replaced the, the that that 6. That engine was exceptional yeah uh, that was I think one of the. but it wasn't very
3: efficient which is one of the reasons
2: I got rid of it top 10 engines of all time for Americans yeah you, you can make that argument but so yeah.
3: the Wrangler with when it got the pentastar was just woken up and, it, and Roman and I absolutely agree and the videos are out there it made it so much better in every measurable way. But we want to move on to a vehicle that yeah, so the story, wasn't made
2: better. The story behind this one is like Akio Toyoda, the CEO of Toyota, uh, got together with Elon Musk and said, hey, uh, can we uh, somehow do a partnership? And Musk said, yes, we'll sell you the uh, drive unit and batteries from our, at that time, Model S. And you can stick it into a Toyota RAV4 EV. Uh, and uh, let, me, let me cut to the chase. Uh, it became the least reliable Toyota of all time. We drove it.
3: We we drove one just a little bit in the desert and it there was nothing about it that really got us going. It wasn't Well, it was wheel
2: front drive. wheel drive to begin with. Yeah,
3: yeah, there was no all-wheel drive variant. It really wasn't that fast and it they basically took everything that Toyota did right and made it wrong. It was A poor choice by both Toyota and Tesla, for that matter, to to build this vehicle. I think Tesla just
2: tried to build Toyota out of a lot of money because I heard that they charged so much that you know that that, that they actually lost money. Oh, they lost a lot of money, and they never made
3: the production numbers that they initially wanted to, which is rare for Toyota. Toyota hits their marks every time, and this was one of those one of those vehicles, one of many. Sorry, one.
2: I just saw one on Craigslist. I want to say it was like thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah, they're nuts.
3: Some they've been smoking whatever Elon's been smoking. Uh, The whole thing about this EV is what the way to put it is that Toyota has very few failures. There are a few. This was one of them.
2: And remember, it's not the first EV uh, Rav4. Oh, no. There was one before it, yep. which they did themselves. Mm-hmm. That's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about the last one that they which did. had the
3: battery tech and the drive tech uh, from the Tesla. Tesla, yeah. Okay. And you think
2: that'd be, you know, like peanut butter and jelly, but it turned out not to be very yes. good. And and yes. actually, I think peanut part of the part names. of the problem was when we drove it. We also didn't have. uh it's, it's a whole other story. So we drove it, and there at that time, what Toyota did, might as well talk about this. Yeah, what, sure, why not? Why not? What we got Toyota, time? What Toyota did was uh, they used to have like regional rep represent, representation for media, uh, and so our rep was out of Phoenix, and you know Pete Walker was a great guy. We got to know him really well. Yeah, the yeah, a, agency. yeah, that whole that agency was excellent. Walker. Yeah, yeah, Walker, and and they basically you know represented Toyota, and we would get. Loan reviews from them and then when he news broke they would send his press releases and Toyota decided to bring all that in-house and outsource it to a uh, I think it was a PR company a
3: couple different ones but yeah one, yeah. one main one, one in particular for one district uh,
2: that apparently had, at that time had no or very I think it was no actually they did sports drinks. And makeup, and makeup, yeah, yeah. and ad, ad agency and a PR agency that had no experience with cars. Oh man, it was such a poor choice. Yeah, we were. You know, one
3: of the first things they did to us was they sent us an email saying we want to know what you're going to be saying about our car before we give you our car. Remember that? We yeah, got those emails it was ridiculous. And if
2: you if you recall, you know, one of the things we like to say is we're independent and honest. And so, you know, what we're going to do with your car is we're going to review it. Yeah, and that's how I reply. And they'd be by, a little like, what? They're basically asking for editorial control. Yeah, and right? they, they, they,
3: they, they really pushed it at first. So then they moved on. Uh, we'll try to make the long story shorter. They started like having their reps sit with us when we were trying to do videos and cars at press events. So we went to the at the time the new Rav Four, which is the previous generation Rav Four, um, and we had like two reps hanging out with us when we were trying
2: to do videos in these cars. So you know what Roman and I did? We left them at the side of the road because <laughs> we, we couldn't get them out. in the film. You can't have, a you know, in the video, you can't have somebody sitting there, like, over your shoulder, like, looking at what you're doing. Not only like that,
3: but one of them was kind of glowering. She was, she was displeased. So we basically said, listen, we need you guys to not be in this video or else we can't do a video. Please step out of the vehicle. We're going to drive back and forth, and then we'll come back and pick you up. And we took our time. I mean,
2: yeah, and, and imagine... Imagine, let's say you, you can put yourself in the situation. You're trying to do an honest and independent review, and the manufacturer rep is sitting there listening and watching, and everything. and in your review itself. Yeah, it, it just makes no. Sense. You can't do that, you know. Yeah, and it was it was a little iffy.
3: So anyway, we went, since
2: then, to you know, they changed the whole thing
3: and figured it out. And, yeah, you know, they, they ejected that whole thing and they made it much. Actually, it's probably they're one of the
2: easier people. Uh, yeah, organizations and they went back in house. Yeah, yeah, which
3: thank goodness for
2: that. Um, All right, I think we beat that one to death. Yeah, let's, we beat it to death. Let's, so let's
3: move on to 2014.
2: Uh, the Nissan GT-R. That was the first
3: time we got a chance to drive the GT-R oh, on, on That video. was when it was
2: still affordable. Uh,
3: yeah, it was before they went crazy, but the 2014 was, was kind of special because they made some adjustments, which made it a much easier car to drive. Now, I drove it a year before that in Long Beach, and I nearly tore my face off, and the electronics went haywire. It was really... The launch control screwed up. This one totally different. This one was a miracle, and Roman and I were both astounded, astounded by it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that was when Godzilla was Godzilla. That was the first um, time that the GTR had actually come to America. Uh huh. You know, the, the real version of that, right? And not the, you know, the. the and then, uh, yeah. I mean, hand built engine, twin turbo monster, zero to sixty. I think I want to say like. Three seconds around, around that around right. that mark around that mark and um, basically
3: it's the same car we just recently drove again yeah it
2: is the same car <laughs> <laughs> they haven't like, done much with
3: changing. except it. increase the price. A lot. It was a. It was an amazing car, and at the time, they absolutely dominated the market. And we don't know exactly why. There's an inside story to why they didn't re- properly refresh it. I think it was Carlos. I think gonna, it was I'm Carlos, Carlos going. Again. This is not something that we can make a profit on. Well, yeah, actually, maybe you could have.
2: You could drive traffic to dealership thing. That's a and whole that, different story. All right. Another about- Nissan product is was our worst
3: that year, oh, the and that QX80, was QX80, huh? Yeah, the QX80. That's their big SUV, which they're still building. Right. Um, a happy hippo. Yeah, the ha- back then it looked like a hippopotamus. It was really hard to take very it seriously. Very popular
2: in Orange County, Nathan.
3: Yeah, and very, and Beverly Hills, too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, one of the issues with it is it was giant, but the seats back then, they made them better now, were really uncomfortable for people who were over six feet tall. So none of us were very comfortable driving the I thing. I just had
2: the same issue with the Armada. Yeah.
3: yeah. Same no, problem. They're, they're, it's they're like, they're they're like this,
2: it's the biggest car in the world, and I can't get the seat. I mean, there's like literally 1,800 feet behind me of... Passenger space, and I can't get the seat far enough back to not hit my knees. Uh, and of course, I got long legs. Yeah, Some you do. Ridiculous. But still, come on, you know. No,
3: but but they should still. It, the big SUV should fit you. And I have an issue with height. I know, I know. Um, the thing is, is that I like to sit as low as possible in big SUVs and trucks. And I drop the seat down, and I'm still sitting a little too high, and the steering wheel doesn't quite work right. Uh, it was worse with the QX80 because the adjustments were less, and it was just plus
2: the, plus the interior felt like it was, you know. Old school, not oh, in a good way. You but but I mean? it's kind
3: of cheap and chintzy. And I remember <sighs> our review, we had a really tough time finding positives. Because it really wasn't an off-roader. We did take it off-road because that's what we do. But it just had all these issues that were going against it. And we just couldn't quite figure it out. So that's why it and, was And Nissan Versa. is
2: always, like, shared switchgear. But when you're up to that level, you know, when you're competing against some of the more expensive, oh, yeah. you need to, you know, you need to take it up a notch and not have the same switchgear that you would have in that time, like a Versa, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to share that. Yeah.
3: And it, it didn't make a lot of sense to us that they it, for these prices, they couldn't disguise things. They've done a much better job recently. But this is back then, and back then it was just not a great vehicle. But let's move on to 2015, which did have a really good and a really bad vehicle, and they're from the same manufacturer.
2: Yeah, the WRX, uh, you know, that became like the... uh Affordable STI. I
3: was so impressed with that car, except that that was when they introduced the CVT in a WRX, and a lot of people were throwing themselves off buildings and and you know. Right. Committing I can't keep Harry it Caron. quite
2: straight. They went from like the hatchback, right, and then they went. You, you went on yeah, the they thing. got rid of
3: the hatchback altogether with the and they, WRX, and, and they went and, to the sedan only, right? Right, sedan only. But they swore, you know, you get all the utility out is, of it, and this is, why it's. Isn't that
2: funny looking back from 2001 that they actually went to a sedan? It's such a strange thing, and a lot of people are, are still crying. But if you wanted, the, you can get a.
3: A hatchback. If you got the STI, which the STI had the old school, still very powerful engine with the horrendous turbo lag. Right. The WRX had a new uh, two-liter turbo, which with was much, really good, much lesser turbo
2: lag. Yeah. yeah it, it
3: was a good engine though, and I drove both the CVT, which was okay. Look, let's face and the, it, and the manual, which was awesome.
2: Let's face it. You know, the WRX is one of the most affordable. I was going to say hot hatches. It's not a hatch in this year, but one of the most affordable entry-level fun, cars. Entry-level. Me and Tommy were talking about like, what car could you buy that's fun to? drive uh, that's not, you know, crazy expensive. And the WRX is certainly one of them.
3: Yeah, and, and I've seen WRX's trouncing vehicles costing twice the price. And some of them, when they're tastefully modded, uh, can be absolutely monsters on track and at the same time driven every day. Um, I, I have a cousin who has one of these, uh, he's in Vegas and he has the, the CBT version. I'm not going to comment on that, but he's put a lot of miles on it and he absolutely adores it. But let's move on to. Yeah. The the, yeah,
2: the Subaru Outback, uh, wagon, mm-hmm. which, which, uh, wrecked our relationship with, um, with uh, Subaru. Yeah, we it's, took it off-road and scratched it a little bit. Not a lot, just a little, like, it like... wasn't. I don't think
3: it was the scratching that actually really ticked them off because they've had other people crash their cars and they're still invited to an event. Yes, that's true, on their yeah. programs.
2: Yes, on their programs, uh, actually, yeah, race well, program, in one case. A, a certain person we know who's now working for a competitor, actually.
3: Yeah, yeah, actually uh, hit a wall with one of them and totaled it and is still okay, but he's handsome, we're not. So, um, but part of this is... Uh, the vehicle didn't do very well off-road, and one of the reasons why is the CVT just didn't perform as good as their old automatic transmissions did
2: in the previous generation. Yeah, it just cut power. You were floored, and it wouldn't
3: move. Yeah, it, at certain angles, it just wouldn't really do it. Now, I hear that they've improved it. We don't know for sure. But uh, what we do know is we've actually taken modern Subarus, and we have put them on Tommy's slip test, which, by the way, I still love that test. Uh, and they've done uh, okay. This vehicle really was disappointing. And we said it was disappointing. We were being honest on camera. And Subaru went and not only took the vehicles that we
2: had at the shop, yeah, but actually my, went into his garage. The, and they, they had point. my garage code. I came home. There was no car there. And I freaked out, called the police. Later did I find out that they actually came into my garage and took it without ever telling me. And they did the yeah. same thing to Andre. So
3: Subaru PR, unfortunately, is uh, kind of dysfunctional. They hate and, us. Yeah, they really do. And it's, a, it's become personal.
2: Yeah, it has. And then
3: we're, we're not going to go into details about things that they've done and said. But we will say this. We have driven and owned Subarus. Some of them we like, some of them we don't like, just like any other car. It's just the PR who just didn't really like what we were about because we were being honest. Let's move on to 2016, and that is the year that we bought a a
2: legend. Yeah. The uh, Dodge uh, Challenger Hellcat. That blew my mind. I think it blew everybody's mind. I remember when they dropped 700 horsepower into both a sedan and a two-door coupe people were like what uh, 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 literally like yeah w- people were following it. what do you, what do you it? say about it? well how do you how do you come out uh, you know and, and and price it below like 100k below what a similar car with that yeah much w- power with that type of performance.
3: or 200k Can I, i'm going to quickly tell the story though yeah. so roman and i just before we bought this vehicle for tfl and um it became roman's favorite he actually hugged it at night um, I slept we, on it. <laughs> we went to an event that they had. I think it was in Oregon, yeah, it was at, Oregon. at the racetrack. Yeah. And what they did was they brought in voodoo donuts right before the event and basically sugared it and caffeined everybody up before they got into these cars. Not a great idea with a lot of journalists, but it was a hell of an event because we got a chance to go on a track, smoke the tires, and really test. This is right when the Hellcat came out. And we were one of the first outlets to break uh, a Hellcat being tested when they were still calling it the Blue something. No, no, it was something. They had a different name, I think. Anyway, so shortly after that, Roman's like, we're getting one. That's all there is to it. We're getting one for the studio, and we did. And it was this beautiful red one with a tan interior, and it was actually a really good car. I don't think we had too many problems with it.
2: No, we had one problem, like uh, the injector's... Failed, but it was fixed under warranty. Top, warranty. I drove it to California and back. It got incredible fuel economy, like yeah. high twenties. Yeah, because you're, you're just doing like 1,500 RPM at going down the highway at 75 miles an hour. The irony about
3: that is, 70 uh, horsepower that and, you're and using the, turns a turbo or and supercharger. To,
2: and, and to be fair, you know there are inherent problems with the vehicle. It overpowers the amount of tire it has. Oh All God! The, like you're gonna go, you're gonna go sideways in any gear, pretty much. Yep. It just, it just does. Uh, I, I found the manual to be a pain in the ass. I love the manual, but I understand Roman's point of view. It, uh, the Automatic or the manual are impossible to launch. You'll just roast the tires. Well, we had to go in second gear
3: whenever we launched the uh, red one that we had, yeah, uh, the flip, or else yeah. we would just sit there and roast the tires all day long.
2: Uh, but but all of that doesn't matter. And I know you, Europeans are like, "Yeah, it doesn't go around a corner." But you know, that's not. It's a muscle car. You know, that, this is not a car that was ever meant to go around a corner. Well, that's why
3: they came out with the wide-body versions of these cars, which yeah, does still help them.
2: Which, uh, uh, Paul still. says they go around. Look,
3: if Paul says it, it must be true. He said they're much better around the track, although <laughs> it's still a beast. It's, look, it's not I, a Corvette. But,
2: let's, let's put it this way. The top-of-the-line Hellcat is the Demon, and that is a pure dragster. Yeah, it's, go, it's built to go straight. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so but it was
3: still an incredible car. In that same year, we drove the Nissan Maxima. And I got to tell that, you, we you know, were really disappointed because it looks like a million I bucks. I love
2: that car. The looks are great. Uh, the performance, the performance is great. And then, you know, for the, some reason, CVC. Nissan was wed to front-wheel drive. If they had made that rear-wheel drive... Why? Why, Nissan? Why a front-wheel drive? Well, all Maximas
3: car? have been front-wheel drive for uh, almost, the almost their whole run, but they put the CVT in there, and, and it and completely killed drive. it. Oh, I know, I know. The, the performance was, well, let me put it to you this way. They also, that same around that same time, they also had the Ultima with the V6, and the Ultima was faster than the Maxima. Look, you,
2: you, you take a hot hatch and you make a front-wheel drive, it's okay. Fiesta ST, Focus ST, you can know it on the line, right? Yeah. You know, Volkswagen GTI, this is fine. But you take a big four door sedan and make a front wheel drive with a CVT, and you've just taken this wonderful engine and completely neutered it. You've taken all the fun out of it. All
3: the fun out of it. If they had left it an automatic or even a manual option, that would have been fine for me. Um, but anyway, it was a real disappointment because it just looked so fast, and it really wasn't, and that was a real shame. But I want to move on to something that you wouldn't expect to be in our 2017. Yep, yeah, in 2017. Well, I'm going
2: to disagree with you on this one because I don't like this car. But Really? Ahead. I love it. I, I think right. it's, just, it's a fantastic So, so car. the car is a Chevy Bolt. Uh, I think it's, well, why don't you tell them why you love it, and I'll tell them okay. why I love
3: it. Okay, well, so uh, as an entry-level vehicle, it absolutely trounced the Nissan LEAF in terms of uh, range yes. and performance. Yes, at that it, time especially. Especially at that time. I really like the one-pedal driving that that one allows. Other vehicles do it as well. Um, But, you know, I'm a guy who looks at value, if you haven't noticed, I do a lot of cheap cars on TFL, and I love doing it because I like the idea in my head of saying, "Mm, I can afford that vehicle, and it's good. This vehicle was extremely affordable for an EV, one of the least expensive in its class. At the same time, it was very long range, I mean, well over 200 miles, and also on top of that, it was a hoot to drive. We actually put one up against a GTI. Here in Colorado, and it uh, it beat it in a drag race, which is pretty funny.
2: All right, l- let me address those issues one at a time. Yes. First of all, it's not affordable. Now it's affordable. Back then, it came. It out was a little too expensive. Thirty-eight thousand back- dollars, Nathan, for an economy car. You, my brother, was able to get one for about twenty-eight. Right, but I'm saying the ones I saw were 38 because the dealers, either the dealers loaded them up or mm-hmm. GM loaded them up. So uh, it was expensive. Secondly, when it first was unveiled and they drove it out onto the floor of the Detroit Auto Show, I thought it was a joke. I was expecting a car of the future, and basically what I got was a front wheel drive economy car with a big ass battery. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting, why? It didn't, it, uh, it uh, uh, the looks are subjective. From I a ground say. up, you know, and Tesla was around at this point, right? Yeah. From a ground up, New chassis, why make a front-wheel drive, why not make a rear-wheel drive? It still drive? cost a
3: third of any Tesla you could buy at the time. You know, or even less. And I'm, once again, I'm talking value, and for a value vehicle in terms of performance. Now, one of my issues—I'll tell you my issue. I'm sure you will agree—it didn't have very good interior room, especially for the back seats, and the cargo area was was dreadful. They've made it a little bit better
2: recently. I haven't driven the brand new one, dude. I was expecting, like, you know, the one I liked much more was the Volt. I thought the Volt was actually the Volt was really awesome, but well the Volt, engineered and interesting and unique. You know, parallel yeah. uh, drivetrain. So you had the engine in parallel yeah, to the yeah. electric motor. You know, you had this really really high engineered way that the two interacted together this thing was just which by the way they're bargains right now the, the, the Volts, first, the first generation bolt uh, get yourself one, is quite good.
3: But the the Bolt is, it, it was good enough to where I really was shopping for one. When I bought instead my Nissan Leaf because I got a Leaf for a lot less money. I will agree with Roman; they are a little too expensive. And there were some, some people really did want the Jetsons, and they just got you know the
2: Flintstones in terms of looks. <laughs> true. All right. Uh, now the worst car that year, uh, I think this was a this was a swing and a miss on the part of Lincoln. Oh my uh, God! The Continental
3: you know what what did i didn't think it looked bad but no back it was seats looking were
2: dreadful yeah how do you make how do you make a car that's known for being the uh quintessential american luxury car and give it the back seat room of you know a ford focus
3: i couldn't understand why i had to lower my head not only to get in okay that's understandable but while i was in there the headroom in the back of the lincoln continental was not good and i couldn't i, I kept thinking am i sitting in the wrong car it uh, it just wasn't good the legroom was okay it wasn't as comfortable as it should be. You're right. It, it's this
2: big American luxury barge that they were bringing back. But it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, And then they did this weird thing where they had these incredible engines. They had a 2.7-liter EcoBoost that was in the F-150. That was a really good And they thing. had the 3.5-liter EcoBoost that mm-hmm. was also. And for some unbeknownst reason to me, they basically created a 3-liter EcoBoost and stuck it in this thing. I'm like, those two, the 2.7 and 3.5, the 2.7 is incredibly powerful. It's going in the new Bronco, right? Right. Uh, and the 3.5 is beyond incredible. Why not just take one of those? Why, I, I, the, why a 3.0 liter all of a sudden? Where did yeah. that come from?
3: So rumor has it that the 3.0 liter was designed specifically to be hooked up to a hybrid powertrain. I don't even know if that's for sure, but the whole thing is that Lincoln... It it couldn't compete. It really couldn't, and it was disappointing. So I th- I'm glad yeah, you. The only with, one you know, that competed that
2: one. was that limited edition one with the suicide
3: doors. That was kind of cool, but it still didn't have very good backseat room, and, and it's just kind of disappointing. And that one of the reasons why it's gone. Um, so let's move on to um, 2018, and that was kind of a magical year for Ford. So we went from a not so great Ford to the great Ford. And the that Mustang was GT. Mustang GT which was followed by my very favorite still Mustang, which is the Bullet, which came out a little later. But the Mustang GT back then had a lot of new components to it, rear, independent rear end. It was so much better on the track. It was so much better to drive every day. Fantastic manual transmission. And it had line lock, which we tested on video, which is stupid. I, because I, I, it's I still think it's,
2: it's one of the best and most fun and most value-laden uh, American muscle cars, sports cars, whatever you want to call it. You can. I mean, it's it's it, you know, it, it goes around a corner. The obviously the GT three hundred and fifty is much better. Oh well, yeah, we the could Ford's easily go. F- but but the Ford Mustang GT, what four hundred and fifty horsepower? Some with the
3: Coyote V eight, yeah, which right. is an
2: outstanding engine. I mean, I mean, for less, for less. This is the problem, Nathan. For less money than a Chevy Bolt. Without the without the you know the, the federal and state yeah, yeah. discount, without the distance. you get you know a monster of a car.
3: Yeah, and and there are other versions later on when they came out with that four cylinder EcoBoost, I've driven it. it's fantastic and it's still an incredible car. It's a fantastic car. Yeah. It it it's not great for family guys. But if I were to be, you know, some strapping dude whose kids are all grown it's up. It's got a back seat, Nathan. It does have a tiny back seat. If you want a little bit of back seat space and trunk space, you would move on to the Challenger with their basic V8 models and the manual. And you can get it with a convertible. Yes, the Mustang GT, I think, is like one of those underrated cars, and it's still, I think, an absolute bang for the buck bargain. Even by today's standards, fantastic car. Really, really is. But we Volkswagen need be... Passat
2: R-Line. God, one I was of so the worst cars. That. You was... know, Volkswagen Passat is one of the best-selling cars of all time. It's like up there, top 10. It, like... it, it's up
3: there, although it's going to be taken over by Tiguan anytime. Probably, Tiguan yeah. is selling like hotcakes. But I want to
2: say, you know, the Passat in all its different names, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all something... different versions of right, it. Right, yeah, yeah. It's um, one of the best-selling cars. But, yeah, the R-Line made not a lot of sense. Once again, you know, R-Line. Yeah. Not, not just, why not an R?
3: it it wasn't faster it was it, it, they had it had snazzy wheels and some stripes and, and, and an interior upgrade and here we were kind of jonesy because at the time they had gotten rid of the the Python, right? Um, um, well, Phaeton, right yeah, phaeton. Phaeton, yeah. uh phaeton like peyton manning i don't know what's wrong with me i'm in colorado phaeton. um the whole thing is, is that was an incredible car yeah. with incredible engineering and then they had the european versions of the passat which were fantastic the American version of it was kind of chintzy. I could, I could
2: see, like, Volkswagen saying, yeah, but what people want is the cool look of the fast car without paying the price for the fast that's car. That's
3: exactly the point, and that's what all these guys are doing with all of their brands. So we were really disappointed with it because we were expecting a lot more, and it just fell flat. Uh, I don't want to pick on Volkswagen because they did build, at this time, I mean, they still had fantastic uh, Golfs, and they have that amazing GTI. In well, I don't
2: know. I, I think Volkswagen built some really good cars, but they just seemed to have, like... Like a like lost sight of where uh, popular car buying decisions were heading, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, over the last 10 years, everything's gone to SUVs and they're building Phaetons. Remember the CC? I love the CC. But do you see what I'm just, it's just, it's like you're building a car for a generation that, that, that doesn't want it anymore, yeah. and, and the new generation wants something completely different.
3: Right. Well, they they did knock it out of the park. Once what what they, was
2: a convertible? That was the other one, the hard top convertible. Oh, the EOS?
3: Yeah, that's the, another the, the, one. The erotic Volkswagen.
2: The it e- was the most effeminate vehicle on the planet. Um, you, know, a hard, you know, every Volkswagen was trying to keep up with BMW and Mercedes at the time, right? Hard yeah. top convertibles were all the rates, so they built one. I, I, I think they sold like 10 of them. Yeah, they. they, they I weren't. see them on Craigslist. EOS. They're like. I've they're, seen them in California. But you, know the, like, um, art, you know when that Craigslist, you know, a little description starts with like, this is the Volkswagen you want, you know? <laughs> like, oh, they yeah. have to de- define the vehicle because <laughs> people don't know
3: what it is. I remember their commercials and they were pretty dreadful for that car at the time. But I wanted to talk about, you know, we don't have too many uh, crossovers on this list, but I was really knocked down. 2019. Yeah, in 2019, the or, Acura RDX A Spec. And that came
2: out yeah they, they kind of invented the uh, sporty crossover in the acura line
3: but they actually unlike everybody else we we're just talking about how our line didn't really do that much a spec really did a spec actually juiced this vehicle up and made it a handling super giant handling by all,
2: comparison super handling all-wheel drive
3: yeah and but it was great that vehicle was great in snow i, dri- I drove several of them whenever they would come in I'd big roman Please let me borrow this for a couple days. And, you know, on top of
2: doing our regular reviews. I actually like the previous generation RDX, the one that was like... With the V6. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I I preferred the turbo. Uh, I absolutely adore it. I think the V6 was actually quicker. Uh, Now, the V6 would be slower compared to the brand new one. But that one, Uh, I think, was just a little bit quicker. That that generation RDX... At sea level, it was faster.
2: They made it a little bit
3: bigger. But it handled so good. And it was... I really... That vehicle spoke to me. And that's why I put it on this list because I really did think that the uh, RDX A spec was one of those vehicles that actually did what it said it was going to do. It's going to be a performance vehicle version of the regular version. So, that's why it's on here. But that same year we were given something that Tommy and I are just shaking our heads still, and I think Roman might be too. It sells. It sells
2: really well. It sells pretty well. The Chevy well. Blazer. The Chevy Blazer. Yeah, like they took, you know, the classic. Look, it's a fine car. It does well. It's actually... There's actually versions of it that are actually pretty good off-road, but it's like... Uh, the Blazer? Yeah. Well, the Trailblazer
3: does pretty good off-road. Tommy even yeah, said Yeah, that's so. right, but not the but Blazer. But the regular Blazer, Blazer is... man, that had no ground clearance. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, look what look what Ford did with the Bronco, which competed directly exactly. against it. And look what Chevy did with the Blazer. Uh, if I were Mary Barra, the CEO, and somebody said, hey, we got this car, we're going to call it the Blazer, I'd be like, pick any other name in the world. No, I would have fired him. I would have <laughs> fired him. And then I would have said
3: to them, the person who replaces him, any other name. I had a different name. I called out the b Laser. Because I didn't want to call it a Blazer, and a lot of you don't either, because when you say Blazer, it evokes a truck, it evokes something that can actually do a little bit of off-roading at least, even there, you know, so my point is, is that this vehicle is really disappointing to all of us, we didn't understand what it was. Tommy, when he went to the unveiling, was asking one of the engineers, who was also doing the presentation, hey, here's some questions, and they really didn't have very good answers, and... It really was a disappointing vehicle. It's perfectly fine in its own right. If, it, if, it, if you're looking for a regular crossover that actually handles quite well as like a street vehicle, it was great. But in terms of it being a Blazer by name, that was terribly disappointing. Uh,
2: I, and, and if I were Mary Barra, I would have said, not only don't you put the Blazer name on there, but actually build me a Blazer. And they would have done gangbusters. Have they actually built a Bronco Wrangler Competitor.
3: Exactly, because that was the opportunity, and they blew their opportunity. They had a name they could have used, and they didn't use it. And and everybody's like, well, what happened? Mary Barra and everybody else will say, well, we brought out the GMC Hummer. And that will be the competitor. Well, not really. It's that's
2: a whole Look, different thing. yeah, I thing. mean, if once you're over a hundred thousand, you're you're in a different league. You're in a different
3: league, and and on top of that, all electric. We're talking, you know, they have the technology right now to basically take a ZR2 platform, shrink it down. It's all, you know, what it's like,
2: almost hmm. Nathan. Like they almost, like they almost tried to. Uh, they they understood they made a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And then they try to make up for it. By going way too far in the other direction somebody Maybe. said you know what we should have built this blazer to could be with the bronco We can't do it. Well, let's 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 kind of leapfrog them and let's create the Hummer EV But the problem with the Hummer EV is it's just so obscenely expensive that it doesn't it's not you know It's not I mean, I'm not saying it's not GM But it's got to be the most expensive car GM has ever built and that's that's saying a lot
3: Yeah, and, and then and then focus on the fact that it is still electric and there's still a lot of people who want to buy internal combustion both the Jeep products and the Ford products, you could put, go to a gas station and fill them up, we right? Can't, we can't, you, you can't win with today. us.
2: You can't win with us. When they build the EV, we bitch, and then when they don't build the EV, we Yeah, bitch. but they
3: could have built the EV and they could have built some sort of they competitor. Built, yeah. And I, quick plan, real quick take. The ZR2, the the off-road version of the Chevy Colorado, which is fantastic, you and I agree.
2: And make it into a Blazer. Yeah,
3: shrink it down, throw a thing on top of there, call it Blazer, boom, done. Off-road capability, you already have the platform. Why not do this? Mary, you need to fire the person who came up with Blazer with this okay. vehicle. It's probably of the engineers know, of college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right.
2: Let's keep going. 2020. Uh, yeah. We've got two more, and we're running out of time, Nathan. Uh, the yeah. Kia Telluride. I would say the Kia Telluride— They really knocked it out of the park. Not you know? only is the car of the year, it might be the car of the decade. They basically created—they hit the right car in the right segment with the right material at the right price— with the right marketing, they just—they just did everything right with that, and, and of course the Palisade too, both. Yeah,
3: the Palisade as well. Uh, its cousin. I just put—I just put the tally right. right here. But I mean, talk about a smart decision. Exactly the opposite of the Blazer we were talking about. Very smart with the naming. Every very smart with an, the packaging. And
2: seven at two thirds the price.
3: Yes, and a very very good price. Kia has absolutely knocked it out of the park with this design. I think it's. One of the most unique-looking... Cro- How do you make a unique-looking crossover? And a lot of them are really kind of boring. This thing looks exciting, especially when you get the top-of-the-line package. So I know we have to move on kind of quick. I know we're almost out of time All here.
2: Bad BMW 2 Series? Yeah. You don't agree with me? No, I, it depends. You know, uh, The latest 2 Series with the pens. Are you talking about the one with the transverse mounted? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's not good. That so was the, the first time so, we sampled. Yeah, it. so like three years ago, the M2 was incredible. Well, that's different. That's I'm not talking right, about. That's the not zone. that. That one became like the new M3. Yes, this one. I don't know what they were thinking. I, they basically I, made
3: a front wheel drive yeah, BMW platform. that's somewhat more affordable in a sedan, and it just I, I drove. I know it
2: BMW has had front wheel drive vehicles in Europe, yeah, right? And they build minis, right? But uh, yeah, There's, yeah, this just didn't feel right. No, no. It, 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 we took it around the track. Paul was like. <laughs> like what the he hell he wasn't very happy with no it. no he was not happy with it so summarizing
3: 2020 i mean it was a good year for vehicles because they had some neat stuff but the bmw that was right before bmw unveiled their new design ethic too which is giant nostrils but we
2: won't go into that today all right now 2021 the most recent the good you said the ford mustang machi well wouldn't
3: you agree was i mean i don't like the name at all that's another name that was just misused but I really like the car. It was I think
2: just, I think you know it. it well, a we'll, we'll talk about the bad too. But it's basically. Um, Ford's version of a Tesla and you know coming out of the box if you're going to copy copy the market and segment leader and they did and they did a good job with it I think they did a great job yeah, with it They did, and they're selling them like hotcakes so there's lots of they orders they were it slowed down but now the down? Gas, I, with the I gas prices
3: coming back up I bet you it's going it to accelerate once they get chips they can actually put in the vehicles now the reason I uh, the bad is because I wanted to get Roman's goat because he will not stop about how wonderful Tesla is but I want to say something about your Tesla Model Y why I put it on bad Actually, how, how actually, many times does that door have to be serviced?
2: I know, I know. Yeah, yeah we can talk about the fact uh, that, then, yeah. Huh? But actually, I would agree with one thing. Hmm. If you change this, if you change this, why? To a three, then you may be actually onto something because look, the Tesla Model Three is was kind of when it first came out, it was the darling of the Tesla lineup mm-hmm, because it was sure. the first one that was affordable, sort of affordable, sort of affordable. There was a performance version, right, that was extremely quick. Yeah, like yeah, zero to sixty in the three second range. You know, we were talking about the GTR now. The Tesla Model Three could do that. Yeah, yeah,
3: it was it was extraordinarily fast, and Tommy actually managed to redesign the rear end of one. Yes, he, yes he, he did. But the, but the
2: problem with the three, once again, it was like you know, in a world of SUVs, they built a sedan, and there was no other choice except for the X, and the X was much more expensive, and you know, three row, blah, massive blah, blah. by comparison. To but it. but so so but what they did right, I think, was they finally took everything that was wrong with the three and they fixed it in the Y. So Y is taller, both you know ground clearance. Yeah. So now you can get in and out of it it's got a boatload of room behind the rear seats mm-hmm. uh it's also much more practical in a lot of a lot of ways so you can actually fit like four people into it comfortably, uh, and so yeah, I, I think the Model 3, when it came out, was very popular. Uh, but now I think you know everybody's going for the Y, and I think the Y is actually a you know if, okay. There are issues. Tesla is still struggling to build cars. Yeah, quality is a real, and that's my
3: big beef with them.
2: Yeah, quality is is an issue. But in terms of kind of the quintessential electric car, everybody's playing catch up to them, right? So yeah, so so you know Ford Mach E. Volkswagen ID4, Polestar, and you know the slew of other ones that are coming. The Mercedes all, and all those other ones. That are they're coming all too. gunning after the model. Yeah, y. And I agree
3: that they're gunning after Tesla, and Tesla has a lot of really good tech. But I am livid about their lack of build quality. Some of the stuff I've seen is just ridiculous for the price. And, and pay. the panel
2: gaps in ours are getting worse. I yeah. walk by it and I look at it, and I'm like, that that little flap where the you know power. Oh yeah, clock yeah. Goes, yeah. It doesn't shut all the way now. I mean, yeah. they're getting worse. I'm like. They're, they're, it's, it's actually worse, and it was pretty atrocious to begin with. Right. Now, hopefully, they'll be able to uh,
3: improve these things with their next generation of vehicles. But remember, Tesla doesn't technically have years.
2: so. But, what, the, but the powertrain has been rock solid. The po- powertrain is quite good. And The heater uh, did stop working when we were up in Loveland Pass uh, in the no, middle that's of winter. I, uh, that's, that's kind of an issue when you have no heat. How much and did it's you pay like, for that vehicle? Sixty four thousand. Sixty four thousand dollars for an
3: affordable vehicle. See and that's my other reason. I, I still think that now that supposedly It is a performance. It, yeah, but still even their base models are really expensive and just out of the reach of regular Joes. Which is going back to the Chevy Bolt. But they're holding I, their value, Nathan. If you like it, they look at do hold it. their value. I'm not gonna argue with that. And and you know, we've done used ones and new ones with them. Uh, and one final thing about the Y is that um, I, I know you are enthralled with it. I really don't like the way it looks. I just I think it's okay.
2: Yeah, I, I I can see um, that. I, I, could, I think the three
3: is a much better looking vehicle. I think aesthetically.
2: I think if I put on those big uh, wheels that came with it and tires, and it looks good right now. I've got the winter tires; it looks kind of silly. Yeah. But with the fat fat rubber, it looks better. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the nose on the thing is That's a little bit. That's One of
3: my issues: the nose is weird.
2: Yeah, it is weird. From the back, it looks much better. Like the the side three quarter rear p- profile is good. You sound the front, like you're talking about my prom date. The front is not so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. And the interior. <laughs> And the other, you know, there's a lot of things you could ding Tesla. on. I'm really getting sick of like the four colors they have. Yeah, uh, you, you see, you see a Tesla. It's either red, blue, white, from the fact or silver, or whatever. But and interior, yeah, everybody's
3: interior. wrapping them, and, and and for good reason
2: because they're sick and tired of the fact that there is no the color palettes. Uh, you, you don't have to have like the amount of choice you have in like an F one right, fifty, right? Fifty different things. Right, but it would be nice choice. to have, you know, <laughs> like you, can, you know, so when especially in places like Boulder and I, I suspect San Francisco and you know probably LA in mm-hmm. some places like when you park at the grocery store you can at least tell which one is yours from the oh my god! can you
3: imagine doing that in the Bay Area you can just like 50 of them look like yours anyway guys that that's our list I know you guys agree and disagree with some of our choices now bear in mind these are based on vehicles that we've driven uh, most of these on um, like 90% of them there are videos out there uh, and I highly recommend you check them out you know see what you think and comment and let us know what you think about our list and should Roman come up with his own list?
2: And if you're uh, listening to us all the way to the end, uh, keep in mind that our new um, auction site, TFL Bids, uh, has our long term Raptor on it. We're selling a Raptor. Yeah, that's right. The
3: Raptor is up for sale, and uh, you can find information about that Raptor on TFLTruck.com. Remember, the website is TFLBids.com, and there are a lot of other vehicles there, but you yes, know, the you know Raptor's what else is there?
2: there? A TRX. The TRX is on yeah. it too? A TRX with 16 miles. I 16 miles. No, that's ours. <laughs> No, no, that's not ours. I <laughs> 16? <laughs> no, ours has 6,000, but one 16 miles. So if you want a TRX, you Basically can, pristine and new. Yeah, yeah, 16 miles, brand new. So, uh, Or you can get our, our Raptor, which is, you know... 6,000 miles, 2020, every option. Also, pretty pristine and new.
3: Yeah, and the good news is we have a chip inside of it. We have all the chips, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, All the chips are there. We have
2: both keys and all the chips. That's right. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. A bunch of potato chips. I was eating them. Uh, See, we used to not be allowed to eat anything in these things. Things have changed. All right. Once again, thanks for watching. And remember, uh, start your day, Nathan, the TFL way. Start your day with the TFL way. No, just start your day with the TFL In way. the TFL way. No, the TFL way. <laughs> I like mine better. By, watch, by watching a TFL video. Okay, guys. You take care. We'll see you later. Ciao.